the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I've got a paper sample of amazing perfume, or I've got the full bottle. Which would you prefer? Right. Learning to take the full bottle rather than the sample next. You know, I love those sample tables at Costco. But no matter how many times I visit the various tables around, I still walk away hungry. Sometimes you just need to buy the full meal. you got to get away from the sample and go to the fullness of it, right? That's exactly what the author of Hebrews is telling us here in chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. The superiority of Christ's sacrifice getting away from the shadow of the Old Testament and realizing the fullness found in the New. Here's Pastor Phil with more. Well, we're in Hebrews 10, and let me once again set the setting for the audience. He's talking to Jews. It's written to Hebrews. And there's probably three categories these Hebrews happen to be in. Number one, the professed believers, or they never hear this scroll, this document. So they're professing faith in Christ. Uh, anybody can do that. Anybody can say they know him. His challenge to them is under suffering and persecution that they were undergoing. They're being tempted to go back to Judaism. They're weighing out. Uh, if I leave everything I've known as a child and I go to this, I'm going to maybe be put out of the family, put out of the will, lose my job, uh, uh, can't go to the synagogue. I'm excluded by my ethnic identity group of people. And uh, so I'm weighing that out. All I want is maybe Christ, a great Savior, but I'm weighing out. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Can I or can I not? Then there are those believers who are true believers who are suffering, being persecuted, who are being exiled, and he's trying to encourage them. Christ is worth it. Christ is worth it. Don't go back. Don't give up the best for the least. And for the, that doesn't work. And so the theme of this book is he keeps telling them, Christ is superior. Christ is better. Don't go back. Don't go back. He says he's superior in revelation to anything God's ever said. In these last days, God talks to us in a son. He goes on to say he's superior to angels in chapter 1 and 2. Greater than any angel. He goes on. He's superior to Moses. Chapter 3, he says that. Chapter 3 and 4, he's a superior rest 
to anything that was offered Israel in Canaan. This is the superior rest. He goes on to say he's a superior high priest, and he begins that in chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. He mentioned it in 2, 16 through 18. He picks it up in 5, 1 through 11. Then he steps over to chapter 7. Then he says he's given us a superior covenant, a new covenant in Hebrews 8. He goes to 9, and he said he ministers in a superior place, not an earthly tent or tabernacle, but he's in the true tabernacle of God, which is in the heavens. Chapter 10, he's going to say, he is by far the superior sacrifice. The best sacrifice ever made to a people who have made millions of sacrifices and seem to be no better. Millions of animals have been killed in the Old Testament. The day of Passover in biblical times and even in New Testament times on Yom Kippur, which the Jewish people celebrate this month, when they would go to Jerusalem, it is estimated that 300,000 lambs would be slain at one time. 300,000. So much blood came off of the Jewish altar in the temple that they made channels to capture all the blood that was flowing out from the temple, and they channeled the blood to the Kidron Brook, right, in Jerusalem. Blood, blood, blood. And now the writer says, let me tell you something. Let me point out five things, five inadequacies of all these Old Testament sacrifices. They just weren't adequate for the job. And then he says, let me tell you three superior things about Christ's sacrifice. And you'll see you don't need to go back to the inadequacy of the Old Covenant sacrifices. Christ is the new and better way. Five things wrong with the old sacrificial system. And he points it out. Number one, verse 10, one. It was simply a shadow, and shadows can't save. Notice it. For since the law has but a shadow of good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities. See, the shadow presumes a building. And what he's saying here, Old Testament was sketchy, outlines, a shadow, but the real substance is Christ himself. We're giving up shadows for the real substance, the reality. So, Old Testament sacrifices are only a shadow that the Messiah must come. They are not the thing that can save. Two, they tell you that sin can never be gotten rid of. Notice that verse 2. He says, if they could have been made perfect, uh, offerings would have ceased to be offered. But because they could never make anyone perfect, they, they thought they'd get clean, and externally they could. They could wash their hands, but nothing happened inside of them. And 
they would keep having this consciousness of sin. And every sacrifice was a reminder, I'm not well with God. I'm not acceptable with God. I can't get into his presence. I got to let this guy get there once a year for me. And I don't even know if he knows my name. But we got a high priest that gets to go in once a year. I can't get in. And all the sacrifices, all they're doing, I think of three R's. They remind me I'm a sinner. I'm falling short. My sins are constantly remembered by God. And they are repeated, repeated, repeated. The sacrificial system is beating me to a pulp as one. I've got to bring it. I've got to bring it. But I'm reminded I'm a sinner. My sins are brought up to God constantly. When, when is that ever put behind me? Never in the old covenant. Never. It's like taking medicine and being promised a cure, but you can't get better. And you just keep taking it. Well, the doctor told me to take it. He said, well, it, it doesn't kick in till three weeks, then three months, then six months. Says, Why don't you just tell me the medicine doesn't work? And it didn't work. And Israel proved it. The sacrifice is the third thing. They can never purchase forgiveness for anyone. Verse 4, 10, 4. You see that? He said, it is impossible, impossible for the blood of goats and bulls to take away sins. Well, if it's impossible, why do we have to do it? Well, God said, I'm giving that to you to push the debt away, and I'm going to push it forward. And he said in Romans 3, God looked over and forbear with the sins of Israel and the nations all the way from Adam to Christ for nothing in that whole period ever did pay for sin. They were only token reminders of these truths. Sin demands a payment. You are a sinner, and I'm going to remind you of it by the sacrificial system. You deserve to die. You deserve to die. I told Adam and Eve, you die if you eat of the tree. So it had that. It shouted, I deserve the punishment. Somebody has to die. My favorite lamb, maybe. Death keeps flooding my worship experience. Somebody's always having to die for me to approach God. Bloody. I don't know what the humane society, oh, they would just go crazy in the Old Testament. They would just couldn't. But guess what? In the Old Testament, religion was bigger than animals. And so, as I said, it's impossible. And all of this is just pushing the debt forward. Pushing the debt forward. And imagine the frustration that every time you borrow money from somebody and you're unable to pay them back, and every time they see you, they say, you know you owe me. 
You owe me this much money. Matter of fact, since I've seen you last, it's accrued interest. And the guy says, well, I gave you 200 bucks, but that didn't even pay the interest charges. You're still in debt. You still owe me. You're still failing your obligation. You're still a loser. You still owe me money. You're becoming my slave. And you, the guy said, when, oh, when will I ever be forgiven the debt? You won't. You can't pay it off. Even the sacrifices, he begins in verses 5 through 8. The sacrificial system had even become sickening to God himself. He said in Isaiah 1, I'm sick of your sacrifices. I'm sick of your new moons. I'm sick of all your religious activity. Uh, he said it in Amos 5. He said it in Jeremiah 6.20. I'm sick of it, sick of it, sick of it. And David even said, God, I'm not bringing you a sacrifice for the murder and the adultery I've committed. There is no sacrificial animal to pay for murder or to pay for adultery. The law said I must die. The only thing I got is a broken heart. God said, I want to forgive you for that. Because when I read Proverbs 7, from the early as a young man, it used to baffle me that the adulteress tells the guy she's seducing, go to bed with me because I've been to church and already paid my vows. You read it, Proverbs 7. I've already paid my vows. My husband's out of town. It's a new moon, and I've already put perfume on my bed. Come on, I've covered my religious obligation. I got the old man out of town. Let's commit adultery tonight. Why did you take a sacrifice? I got to keep my religious account up. I got to pay my dues. But it doesn't change me. It never got rid of the desire, nor that. And God said, I'm sick of the sacrificial system. You're coming, you're playing games with me. It's become a ritual. It's external. Nothing's going on in you. And, you know, it's like people want to go to a, a late mass because tomorrow we're going to do Mardi Gras. And when we go into Mardi Gras, we're going to sin be immoral, get drunk, and gamble all week. We better be sure the priest gives us a little bit of penance, a little bit of forgiveness. We'll get some forgiveness so we can raise hell tomorrow night. The joke of it, the joke of it. Do you think that can appease God? It's people, I, I'm told, much in the South. It's in order, it's, it's cool to be a church member. If you want to be a good businessman, you've got to tell people where you go to church. We don't do that in the West. We're too rowdy. So you go to church, so you still look good. But your heart's far from God. And that's where Isaiah said, you draw nigh to me with your lips, but your heart's far from me. You're far from me. So I said, I'm sick of the sacrificial system. And he said it to the prophets. And then he said in verse 9, it's only a temporary system anyway. I didn't mean for this to last forever. So it's inadequate. It doesn't get rid of sin. It doesn't do anything in you. In chapter 9, he said, it doesn't cleanse the conscience. It just externally cleans the body. Take a little water and wash yourself. 
totally inadequate, totally inadequate. Now let me tell you what the sacrifice of Christ does. And now he's going to tell us. And let us lift three things it does. First of all, it is an obedient, satisfying sacrifice to God. Because here was the problem. You bring your sacrifice in the Old Testament. You give it to the priest. He offers it. But you still aren't going to obey God. I'm not a, was the lamb obedient? Was it the lamb's choice to have his throat slit? No. No. The animal's totally passive. It's all moral. It, it, come on, it's just a lamb. It has nothing, it has no moral factor involved. It just has to meet a animal code of not being defective. And remember in Malachi, they got where they even offered sick lambs. It got to be such a joke. They went through the ritual so much. Now, you got to know a priest in those days made about five to six sacrifices a day. 360 days a year. Jewish calendar, 360 days. Constantly offering it. Sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. The drudgery of being an Old Testament priest. But here he said, Lord, here's Messiah talking to God. You're, you're tired of sacrifice and offering. You want somebody that wants to obey you first. And I've come to do your will. And I'm going to take to myself a body. And I'm going to go to the cross. Think of Christ doing this. Here he's on the throne. Looks down at the Levitical system that's not working. And knows that the only thing that could ever satisfy God to eliminate the debt. Was a sacrifice that was as holy as God. So it eliminated all of mankind. If you killed a hundred men, a thousand men. Nobody would ever meet the specifications of God. So here God the Son and the Father work it out. He says, what if I become a man? What if the infinite is willing to shrink and become an infant? And on the brink, some believe this psalm was said on the brink upon coming into the world before he decided to join himself to the human ovum of a girl. There was a human ovum there. It was real. And deity is going to provide the counterpart sperm. So you got a real pregnancy. There was a real pregnancy in the virgin. It was a virgin conception. And so on that moment, he said, Father, this is what you wanted. I'm leaving you. I'm leaving the throne. I'm going to join myself to Mary's body because I'm the only thing that can satisfy you in the payment of sin. And I'm going to obey you perfectly. I'm going to be everything you always wanted in the sacrifice that the Old Testament proved to be a joke and totally inadequate. And so on the verge of stepping out of glory, he's doing this. You've given up on animal sacrifices. You'll accept nothing but a perfectly willing, obedient servant. And that's no one less than his son. And that's why Christ became man. To be the sacrifice, the sacrifice for our sins. Well, 
verse 11 and 12, he says, the regular priests ministered daily, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting to conquer his enemies. Would you, you, you don't get it. You know, you're, you're clueless because you're not Jewish and you haven't seen the blood pour out of the temple. For a Jew to hear this in the first century, God's got one sacrifice that will do for all time. And this ends, this ends the whole sacrificial system. I read a sermon years ago by Angel Martinez. And he said, when Christ came as the Lamb of God, in the Gospels, the first one told that he would come were probably temple shepherds that they raise lambs. Because if you kill 300,000 lambs on one day, I want to tell you the shepherds are making a living off of the religious system. Where are you going to get the lambs? Many people would buy them nearby in Jerusalem because they didn't want to carry them from the north and carry that animal or bring that animal all the way. So many times they'd get to Jerusalem, go to the animal market and buy their lamb. Buy their lamb and take it, give it to the priest. But he notified the shepherds first. And Martinez said, because he wanted them to sign up for unemployment. He just put them out of a job. Won't be needing any more lambs. Close your business. And look at the Jew today. He has no sacrifice. He has no priest. He has no temple. And he has no future unless he receives Messiah. In the destruction of the temple, they lost the meeting place. They lost the Aaronic priesthood. The records have been scattered. The sacrifices are gone, not because they accepted Christ, but because the Romans devastated the place. They have nothing. And here he says, this one once and for all, and to prove to you that he's done, in all the Old Testament furnishings, there were no chairs. You were never done. What did he do? (sighs) It's done. Just got to do it once. It's done forever. He sat down. He sat down. You know, it's, it's done. It's, it's behind. He's just saying, got it done. No more. No more. No more. That did it. Third thing, what good did it do? Old Testament didn't seem to change the worshiper. What does this new sacrifice do? Five things. You ready? Number one, I cannot believe, I'm saying that sarcastic, it is hard to believe that he accomplished these things about us. Wait till you hear it. Number one, verse 10. And by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ once for all. Sanctified means what? Set apart to God declared holy and that is set apart for God totally. 
And that will conclude our time today here on Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. As we close out our broadcast, we would invite you to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church, and we would also invite you to stop by our website and take advantage of added resource materials we've made available through this ministry. You see, as we come to you on a daily basis, it's our hope and desire that you grow in Christ, that you find yourself sustained by His grace through the teaching and preaching of His Word. Along those lines, we've created Truth For Today Radio, which is a website that contains a lot of other extracurricular resource materials that you can add to your relationship with Christ as you seek to grow in Him. We also have information about who we are, what we believe, and worship opportunities at Valley Bible Church, where this broadcast originates, here in Hercules. We have directions, we have service times, all of it. It's available at truthfortodayradio.org. If you would like to contact us by phone, you're welcome to do so at 855-833-9864. Again, that's 855-833-9864. As always, you're welcome to write to us. The address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. We would also ask you to prayerfully consider partnering with us, not just prayerfully, but financially as well, as this broadcast and the many resource materials available along with it are available as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully. Our goal and desire is to minister to the greater Bay Area, and we can do that more and more as you link arms with us again financially and prayerfully. No gift is too small, no gift is too large. And whether it's a one-time gift or monthly gift, it's all appreciated, and your prayers even more so. Reach us at truthfortodayradio.org or call 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.